February 22nd, Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 29. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. They asked, Where did he get all his wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? He's just the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any mighty miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then Jesus went out from village to village teaching, and he called his twelve disciples together and sent them out two by two with authority to cast out evil spirits. He told them to take nothing with them except a walking stick, no food, no traveler's bag, no money. He told them to wear sandals, but not to take even an extra coat. When you enter each village, be a guest in only one home, he said. And if a village won't welcome you or listen to you, shake off its dust from your feet as you leave. It is a sign that you have abandoned that village to its fate. So the disciples went out, telling all they met to turn from their sins. And they cast out many demons and healed many sick people, anointing them with olive oil. Herod Antipas the king soon heard about Jesus because people everywhere were talking about him. Some were saying, This must be John the Baptist come back to life again. That is why he can do such miracles. Others thought Jesus was the ancient prophet Elijah. Still others thought he was a prophet like the other great prophets of the past. When Herod heard about Jesus, he said, John, the man I beheaded, has come back from the dead. For Herod had sent soldiers to arrest and imprison John as a favor to Herodias. She had been his brother Philip's wife, but Herod had married her. John kept telling Herod, It is illegal for you to marry your brother's wife. Herodias was enraged and wanted John killed in revenge. But without Herod's approval, she was powerless. And Herod respected John, knowing that he was a good and holy man. So he kept him under his protection. Herod was disturbed whenever he talked with John, but even so, he liked to listen to him. Herodias's chance finally came. It was Herod's birthday, and he gave a party for his palace aides, army officers, and the leading citizens of Galilee. Then his daughter, also named Herodias, came in and performed a dance that greatly pleased them all. Ask me for anything you like, the king said to the girl, and I will give it to you. Then he promised, I will give you whatever you ask, up to half of my kingdom. She went out and asked her mother, What should I ask for? Her mother told her, Ask for John the Baptist's head. So the girl hurried back to the king and told him, I want the head of John the Baptist right now on a tray. Then the king was very sorry, 
but he was embarrassed to break his oath in front of his guests. So he sent an executioner to the prison to cut off John's head and bring it to him. The soldier beheaded John in the prison, brought his head on a tray, and gave it to the girl, who took it to her mother. When John's disciples heard what had happened, they came for his body and buried it in a tomb. Let me address Luke 15. For those of you that are not familiar with Scripture or church, Luke 15 is one of those famous passages that preachers like me talk about all the time. It's, it's where Jesus is asked, why do you hang out with bad people? And he gives three stories, lost sheep, lost coin. And the last is about a lost son. Most people call it the prodigal son. It's about two sons, actually. But the younger one says, Dad, I want my inheritance early. He moves to some wild cities and lives crazy and wastes all of the money. Finally, he's got a job on this farm. And it's horrible. It's pathetic. And he comes back to himself, his senses, and he goes, I'm going to go back to dad's house and I'm going to try to get employment. I can't be his son. I just want employment. That's where he's at. And he prepares a pathetic little speech and he makes his way to dad's house. And it says, when he arose and came to his father, when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, and he started kissing him. The son said, Father, he starts into his speech. I've sinned, heaven, your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And the next verse, the father ignores this. Jesus is telling this story to try to explain who he is. And really, God the Father's love. And the father says, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet. And listen now, listen to what the father says. Bring out the fatted calf, kill it, let us eat and be merry. Translation. We're going to have a party, and we're going to have one right now. It gets worse. For this son was dead, is alive, he was lost, and is found, and it says, and they began. How long did that take? And they began to party. Was that 15 minutes? Was it 30? Was it an hour? It gets worse. Verse 25, there's another boy, the older son. He's in the field. He comes, and as he's drawing near to dad's house, he can literally hear music, and he can hear the laughter and glee and joy of people dancing on a dance floor. Now, I want you to try to wrap your brain around this illogical, ridiculous, scandalous scene that God through Jesus has given us to explain who he is and how he responds to you and to me. The boy comes home. He's wasted his hard-earned money of his father. He has lived wildly and ridiculously. How long has he been home? 30 minutes? An hour? I'll, I'll, I'll let you have three hours. He's been home three hours so he could shower and shave and put on his new gear and his new clothes and his new jewelry. And in less than three hours, this wayward AWOL son is now on a dance floor with his cronies. What? The only one that's thinking logically is the older son. Who's like, this doesn't make any sense. The scene could have been his younger brother, who's an idiot, surrounded by his friends as the DJ is playing his favorite song and he's on the dance floor. <laughs> what? How quickly does the father insist 
that the son get changed and get on the dance floor. I want you to try to wrap your head around that. That when you sin, the most powerful place you can be is enjoying his love. Right after you sin. Most of us, if we were throwing the party, say, let him on the dance floor. Son, you sit over, don't you even think about dancing. You think about the stupid thing you did with my money. We will dance and you will watch. <laughs> but not the father. I want you to think about that. He insisted his boy dance. 